third person in the chat with us. Yes, in I'm the... doing a thing. What's what's the thing? It's basically just a a robot. It's listening to us all, and it's doing the broadcasting. So I'm in conversation with it, as are you both. Okay, uh... could you not maybe explain that in a way that sounds slightly less terrifying? No, sorry, I, I can't, because it is that terrifying. <laughs> it's just like, I programmed the robot and it's listening to us. <laughs> That's what I've done. It's just sitting there in silence and then it's going to listen to us. I'm just going to have a sip of tea. You and your sips of tea. Maybe that's, maybe that's why it's acting a lot. It might be. This is a bit of an experiment. It's trying to rebel <coughs> and take over. Will hopefully be a successful experiment. Yeah. W- welcome, Mr. Robot. I hope you enjoy your stay. And welcome to World One Stage One. I'm Simon. I'm Irish. Being quiet. You, you can stop being I'm quiet Jack. Now, Jack. There we go. Hey. Oh, damn this professionalism. Ah, uh, we're <laughs> such professionals. Exactly. You see other other like podcasts, they can't afford to be this professional. Oh no, apparently not. So they end up just making something that sounds slick and, you know, thoughtful. And and polished. You know, it doesn't have that doesn't have that realism. It doesn't have that heart. This is podcast verite. I want to say heavy editing. What? Why do you want to say heavy editing? We don't do editing. No, no, no. Well, the others always sound different. Oh, you think that's the difference? Really? Yeah, yeah. We get it right first time. Yeah, we don't need to keep going. That's what my, you know, you know. Once you've got it right the first time, you don't need to keep trying over and over again. That's what my mum told me. I just want to make a joke now about how many older siblings you've got, but I won't. I don't have um, any. I don't have any older siblings. They're all younger. I'm the eldest of seven. That joke also works. Yeah, that was the joke I was making. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke I was trying to make, actually. So Aww. Ben Affleck is Batman. Yeah, I'm totally. I'm actually. You know. Right. Okay. Hang on. Right. Clear the desk. I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. Cool. Irish. Yeah. I don't really care. It's like... God damn it. It's just... Well, you know, it's... it's people did the exact same thing when Heath Ledger got cast as the Joker. Yeah, and in fairness, he wasn't very good. I really liked him. I know I'm alone in my opinion. <laughs> I'm willing to accept that I am part of a tiny minority here. That's And that's fair enough. Doesn't mean you're wrong. But yeah, uh, but, it seems to have driven the internet insane, which is kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's really weird because most of my Facebook like uh, feed has been filled up with so many people just going, let's hear him out. And I'm just sort of sitting there waiting going, where's the madness? I want your Facebook friends. Mine have all been going, this yeah? is a fucking outrage. This is the worst thing ever. And I've oh, just God. been putting out fires going, have you not seen The Town or Argo or Goodwill Hunting or Boiler Room? You know... It's not yeah. a terrible actor. He's a guy who does some real shit to get paid. And 
and I mean, it's it's a dangerous uh, stance to take, but he wasn't the worst thing about Daredevil. Oh God, no, far from it. Yeah, there was the script. I mean, yeah, I mean, like it's it's a dangerous thing to say whenever you sort of if you're going to mention his his ability to play a superhero and then you mention anything to do with Daredevil, it's kind of a dangerous uh, position to take. I thought but, he actually did a really good job playing Matt Murdock. Yeah, uh, but the script was terrible. See what he, Jennifer Garner was Bruce terrible. Wayne. Bullseye was terrible. Yep. Oh. Michael Clark Duncan was the best thing about that film. Kingpin was all right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. Me too. He's also it's the right age difference, I think, between Cavill and Affleck. Yeah, I, would, I want Batman to, to be an older sort of, man. Yeah, because he's going to have to play that sort of cynical, uh, broken, jaded kind of guy versus uh, Cavill's sort of youthful idealism. Mm, well, depending on how they're going to play it, because it's not going to be um, Dark Knight Returns. No, we don't know you need how a much older Batman is going to come into this. Yeah, but uh, in general, yeah, he needs to be a little bit more worldly. Yeah, and the rumours persist that we'll be seeing Brian Cranston as uh, Lex Luthor as well. Yeah, I, I keep seeing the fan-made posters for that, and I'm just like, holy crap! Yes, a thousand times yes. No, 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 no. No, Brian Cranston as Jim Gordon. No, 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 no. Kurt Russell as Jim Gordon. No, Brian Cranston because he already did it in year one and he was brilliant. Oh, okay, fair enough. I didn't know that. Uh, he was fantastic, and I've uh, seen some other good other... candidates for Lex. All right. Names I can't. I've, seen a, I've seen a very little bit of. Um, I've seen a little bit of mutant wish listing for the casting. Uh, the one that really stuck in my mind was Bill Nye as um, Alfred. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and then Brian Cranston as Lex Luthor was one of them, and uh, Kurt Russell as as um, Jim Gordon because the, the description was literally just give him a mustache. It's Jim Gordon. And uh, yeah. And the other rumour that keeps persisting, although we have to say the Brian Cranston as Lex rumour and this rumour both come from uh, comic book news, which is kind of a shady source. Yeah. Uh, they've been proven wrong on a lot of shit they've made up for headlines in the past. Uh, is that DC want to get Matt Damon involved in the DC universe somehow? <laughs> I was thinking, no, if you want, if you think Ben Affleck as Batman started an internet outrage, Put Matt Damon as his Joker. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. That'd actually that, work. I would love to see that. You know, after, after watching Elysium, I'd kind of like Damon to see Matt Damon. Do crazy. Yes, you've seen Elysium. I haven't yet. Yeah. I'm very jealous. I want to. Have you just, oh, it's very, very good. It's got problems, um, but it's very, very good. Well, uh, I know it's. Does. I, I know it's about as subtle as a hammer blow. Because yeah, Blomkamp yeah, himself then, has said this is not one of his thoughtful films. This is his desire to get a Hollywood blockbuster on his CV. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, if you thought District Nine was sort of fairly heavy-handed, and um, it was. Let's be honest. Yeah, this is um, you, you, you got ham-fisted, and then you got steak-fisted. <laughs> oh, I want but to be steak I really fisted. Wait, no, that yeah. came out so wrong. Uh, and it was. It was quite impressive to see someone overacting, uh, doing some overacting that would put Jeremy Irons to shame. Interesting. Yeah. I really want to see it now. Yeah. Um, Jodie Foster. But she's good. She is good. I think she's very, very good, but not in Elysium. <laughs> um, I think the, the most accurate description I came out with for her character, for the way she played her character was she seems like a malfunctioning robot 
that's been programmed to act by Jeremy Irons and Tommy Wiseau. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I really wow. want to see this movie. She can't say she can't say any line without moving her eyebrows about a meter up and down, and like the w- biggest mouth movements and and hand gestures and all that sort of stuff. That's outstanding. That's yeah. Amazing. And ah. it's got um, the guy. Oh. Ah. Blah 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 blah. I was just reacting. Oh okay. Um, and it's got the same guy who was the main guy in District Nine in there as well. Oh cool. As a terrifying amoral mercenary. That I can see working. Yeah, it was pretty good, mm. uh, and I very, very much enjoyed it. It was some good, nice, terrifying sci-fi with a point. I do intend to see it, but the next film I'm actually booked in to see is Kick-Ass 2. Yeah, I was going to go see it yesterday, but uh, Mike pulled out because he was ill. I'm going to go and see it Thursday. Cool. Let me know, because you'll probably see it before I do. We'll know how it is. Yeah, it's been a while since we've all sort of, like, we've actually done an episode, so, you know, that whole sort of, like, have you been to the cinema this weekend actually does sort of cross over into several weeks, doesn't it? It does a little bit, and I haven't, <laughs> but you have, so we saved it. Yeah, um, but mostly we've been going to conventions, or me and Irish have been going to conventions. Yeah, how was yeah, it? Iacon was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I, I don't think, other than Red Bull, I don't think any soft drinks passed my lips the entire weekend, which is pretty good. How uh, much did. Oh, oh, so much, <laughs> so much. I we ended up on the very, very last night. There ended up being uh, a group of nine of us and eight bottles of various drinks. So we had a kind of fallow field system where the the, the drinks would get passed around. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it ended up with like half a bottle of Cactus Jack strawberry milkshake stuff. So I was happy. Um, I also found something which I thought I would I I had to bring up on the show. Because if you remember, uh, before we did the Metal Gear Solid episode, I had my other little uh, pet project episode about uh, Aerogay and H games and all that sort of stuff. Yes, yes. And I remember talking on that episode and saying, you've got mostly like uh, two different varieties. You've got your visual novels, which are sort of like your, your choose your adventure stuff. You, you carry on in the story until you reach a certain point and then you make a decision like left or right. Yes yeah. or no. Girl A or girl B. And then you've got your simulation games where you try and raise stats and stuff like that and, and raise flags so that you can do certain things within the storyline. Mm-hmm. Whilst at Iacon, I purchased a game, which is an arrow game. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's got the H game uh, elements to it, but it is a squad based tactical turn based shooter. <laughs> right? It is, it is a Japanese H game XCOM. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I'm intrigued and terrified because in my mind, I've gone straight to aliens and tentacles. That is exactly you. You've actually hit it right on the head. I thought I might have. Yeah. Um, you'll also be delighted to know that I, I couldn't find it in the actual, like, legitimate store at Aya, but there was a bring and buy, like, uh, secondhand stuff. And I found my girlfriend is the president. (laughs) Um, it is just as mad as I was expecting. Excellent. I am very happy for you. And also, still kind yeah. of terrified. Uh, it's it, it's surprisingly good. Uh, the, the there is a spaceship involved, and the interior of it is just perfectly modelled on uh, the original Enterprise, mm. which is odd. Taste. But yeah, not bad. So yeah, I thought I would mention that because, like, yeah, I have had to like, add an addendum to my whole like Eregay thing. They come in these sorts of flavors, but also XCOM. <laughs> And in between missions, you've got to keep people's morale up by, like, giving them presents or taking them out on dates. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because otherwise, you know, what would be the point, right? That's amazing. Yep. Okay. I'm scared now. As well you should be. Um, but that's mostly what I've been doing with the last couple of weeks since we last did an episode. My life has, what I'm about afraid, you? been quite boring. Ah, uh, that's the problem with London, you see. Nothing to do there. Quite famous in that regard. Oh, I've done plenty of things, but nothing worth reporting on. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I've also played a hell of a lot of Payday 2. That's kind of how I've been spending all my time. Yep. That's how is game. it? How is it? How is it? Uh, it's yeah. It you got to have people. It's like any of these four-player games, like Left 4 Dead, Borderlands, whatever. You got to oh, have people you know yeah. to play with. You can play it with randoms, it's... but yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah. It's only when you put together a semi-regular crew that you start to, uh, well, develop a shared history, shall we say. <laughs> there's always that one guy. <laughs> or there's, yeah, everyone has their own quirks. Like, we've got over here the guy who keeps shooting civilians. Uh, over here we've got the guy who is a little overexcited and keeps going loud when we're trying to stealth it and... Over here is the guy who famously was running for the helicopter, jumped, overshot, fell off the balcony, and plummeted two stories to his death right at the end of a mission. <laughs> wow. It's great. I'm loving it. It's a lot of fun. And what's perfect is I have... A, it's the old get-to-the-chopper crew. So we're taking it just seriously enough that we can pretty much get through most of the missions on the hardest difficulty. But we're taking it just cack-handedly enough that it never goes the way we want it to. Which, whilst it winds up some of our members, uh, as I've pointed out, what heist movie did you ever see where the fun of the movie came from the fact the heist went perfectly well? Uh, uh, that, uh, I, I'm drawing a blank. Yep, you got to fuck it up to have fun with the heist. That's the whole point, is getting out by the skin yep. of your teeth when it all goes wrong. And accidentally throw a gym bag full of cocaine into a river. I've done that. Yep. There's an achievement for that. There is. It's called Fish AI. <laughs> uh, fucking Call of Duty. But it's a very cool um, little game. Uh, the gunplay is way better than the original Payday. The gun selection yeah. is way better than the original Payday. Uh, the enemy AI is as comically bad as the original Payday. See, I always thought the AI was pretty good, or at least, you know, I sucked really bad, because they always <laughs> kept tasing me and beating the crap out of me. Like I said, it you've got to have a team. Yeah. Uh, all of the specials, uh, be it tasers or shields or bulldozers, will just take you down one-on-one -on -one very, very easily. But if you've got a team, uh, they don't stand a chance. So it's like the special infected. Exactly like them, yes. Yeah. Um, to the point that it's not even subtle or original. <laughs> Although you can't um, play as the cops. Although that would make a really interesting game mode, 4 on 4. It would. You'd have to slightly more balance the levels than they are now. Yeah. Uh, they are all very much sort of defend missions, uh, or break-ins. But yeah, it's great fun, and once you've got a crew as well, um, you play with regularly. Uh, you start to know who's specialising in what tree, so you all develop your role, and you, know, you get so used yeah. to doing a heist a certain way... Everyone knows what they're doing before you start, so it's just mask up, let's go, and everyone does their thing, and it just feels really cinematic. It feels like you're in that that heist movie. Yep, being the badasses or the comic relief sometimes, or a little bit of both. 
But we're not here to talk about payday today. We're not. Uh, we're here to talk. Well, I mean, I think first off, before we, we talk about what we're specifically here to talk about, should we make a reference to like how many episodes we've made? What reference would you like to make? Uh, I thought maybe we could say thank you to the listeners. I think that's well worth doing. The the people that have basically stood by us this this whole time through fifty five zero episodes in uh, almost as many years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly seems like it, doesn't it? Um, but I mean, no one can say we rushed we first it. Started? Uh, I can remember when we first started years and years at, ago at, at Rowan's old flat. Yep, it is dimly in the mists of time, but I do just when, about remember that. Yeah, when Rowan and I have been dating for like a couple of months, and we did episodes around there, and 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 now like years later, and and we're still going, we're still going strong. We didn't go strong for all of the intervening years, but yes, yes we're, we're back and we're, we're here. There were yeah, there were like a couple of uh, there was like a what year or maybe like two years of downtime, <laughs> three or four. Yeah. Um, but the point is, we're still going. People are still listening to us for some reason. Well, we have improved. Our quality has improved. It's been years since we've had a cat vomiting on the episode. <laughs> really? I'm sure. I can, I'm sure I can make that happen. Well, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, we now do run that risk with Torek and Refi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, what I want to put out there is, is literally just say thank you to my to my hosts, my fellow hosts. Um, I, I will also say thank you. I mean, Mike isn't here. Unfortunately, he is at work again today, um, being you know fucking gainfully employed. What a bastard! Um, but this also goes out to him as well. So thank you to Mike. Thank you to to Mr. Irish for for being the uh, the young blood in our organisation. And yeah, uh, keeping us together and being very much a voice of reason in a lot of things recently, which I wasn't expecting. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's uh, good to have one on the show at last. Yeah, agreed. Um, thank you, Simon, as well, because, well, you know, go team originals. <laughs> uh, man, it seems so weird to think, think back to that first episode, to think back to, to um, Another World. But uh, mostly... Thank you to every single listener. I, I, I don't want to say... It, it seems weird to say fans, but, you know, I people that listen and, and... Yeah, uh, people that listen and, and actually want to listen. So, uh, thank you to literally both of, <laughs> of our fans. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think we've lost um, since we came back then? <clears throat> yeah, well, I, mean, I don't know. The, the number fluctuates. We, we, we always have at least one, but never more than three. Um, so yeah, I'm going to get a little bit teary-eyed and, and, and raise a glass to uh, everyone who's ever... You know what, even if you're not listening now, I mean, obviously you won't hear this, but this is still going out to you. Thank you very much for, at, at some point, being a part of World 1 Stage 1 and, you know, li- you know, listening and, and making us feel like we're actually, you know, doing something other than just talking to ourselves. Although, even without listeners, I'm fairly certain we probably would still be having endless conversations about video games. So, oh, yeah. I mean, that's one of the beauties of doing oh, yeah. this show, is it's a chance to talk to my friends about something yeah. I love, and we get to put it out and have a load of other people enjoy it, too. Yeah, but the listener base just sort of adds a little bit of extra thing to it, so it, it, it sounds slightly less sad when we say we're doing a, a radio show. <laughs> and it's great you when you send us no uh, listener mail as well. We love yeah. feedback, oh, we love was, questions. We have had a lot of listener mail recently that we haven't like sort of gotten into, but uh, we will be able to next time after, because I mean, obviously today is a big milestone episode, so we've got everything planned out. But next time, from now onwards, we will be able to read out more listener mail. 
Though we did have a quick one just on last week's topic. Uh, from oh, right. Dean. Should I get Revengeance? The demo was fun, but never played Metal Gear Solid, so may not be able to get into the world. Jack, you're the expert. Should he? Right. Um, I w- basically, if you enjoyed the demo, go ahead and play it. Uh, if you haven't played any Metal Gear Solid before, go ahead and play it, because it really doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the plot doesn't make any sense anyway. Don't worry about that. Yeah, the, the plot is all... It's pretty much self-contained, and, you know... The bits that are, you're probably going to not be able to make much sense out of it from playing the other games anyway. Um, it's non, it, it's non-canon. So, you know, if you don't like it, give Metal Gear Solid a go. If you do like it, give Metal Gear Solid a go. I, I, I can't really stress that enough. Um, absolutely, totally give it a go. Um, especially because, you know, if you enjoyed the demo, there's no real reason not to. I mean, it, it's, it must be gone down in price now. Um, I remember when it first came out, it was like 45 quid and I was thinking, mm, I'd rather just play Devil May Cry. But nowadays, it, I think it's a bit cheaper. So, yeah, totally, go for it. Um, and then let me know because I haven't, I haven't played it all the way through. <laughs> so, uh, if it's any good, write in again and say, Jack, totally, you should play this game, and I'll do it. Cool. Shall we mention? Also, we had a quick bit of um, film franchise email as well. Oh, seeing yes, as we yes, have we been did. shouting out to our uh, listeners. Yes. Uh, thank you to Matt from Melbourne who wrote in. Uh, to say, hey guys, love the show, and I'm so glad it's back on the air. I was a bit devastated you didn't mention one of my favourite all-time movie-to-game adaptations. Sort of. Escape from Butcher Bay. Oh! oh I was going to mention that, and I forgot that as well. Yeah, me too. The whole Chronicles the, the oh, of Riddick I... games are great. Vin Diesel revives his own video game franchise. It's a great story. We should have talked about it, but we didn't. Moving on. Especially especially considering there's another Riddick film. We hold our hands up to that one. We do. I recently played through the game again. Yep, missed that one. And it's a really brilliant shooter with a cool story. Yeah, it is. And goes sort of the way to fill in extra story about Riddick himself, akin to the Matrix games. I'd also kill to see a fully funded, proper Deus Ex film. I love the world both the old and new games were set in. I also have an idea for a show, but it may require a bit of forethought and planning on you guys' part. If you had all the money and know-how and backing, what game would you make? What genre, story, gameplay style, and platform would you choose? I like that. Yeah, that's a good I think topic. We yeah, we we I think we we talked about that uh, after one of the episodes um, ended one time. It's like we should do an episode on like pitching, uh, coming up with and pitching a game. I think we were talking about how we what we would do to reboot a game, but I quite yeah. like the complete mutant wish listing. What would you do? Yeah, I think that's kind of fun. Although well, I'm I would start do, planning for that now. I, I think we're going to learn a lot about what I would do tonight. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, because you know, episode fifty. Holy shit, episode fifty. Yep. So I'm going to try and keep try and keep a promise I made a long time ago that on the fiftieth episode I would talk about what was indubitably. My favourite video game of all time, Elite. There we go, I was hoping someone would. Sorry, I, I, I probably should have jumped in there earlier <laughs> or, or done some kind of bigger fanfare. But... <laughs> no, 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 to be honest, given the music and sound effects in Elite, that was more than enough, actually. Yeah. See, Elite, I want to set. I actually want to set the sort of context of this game before I start talking about it. Okay. Elite was released in 1984. And this was a time when the video games of the era, the, the sort of charts for the best video games of 1984 include a couple of text adventures, uh, the game Paperboy, which, uh, if you don't know it, 
is fairly simplistic in that you ride along a street and press a button to throw papers while steering yep. to avoid obstacles. Excite Bike. Uh, Duck Hunt was 1984. That fucking game. <laughs> Jet Set Willy, which, whilst being a definite classic, is a very simple side-scroller. Or mm-hmm. platformer. Beyond Castle Wolfenstein. Long before Wolf 3D, this is a top-down maze game. Uh, Tetris was 1984. We should do an episode on Tetris, dudes! <laughs> we did an episode on Tetris. I, 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 I know. We changed our theme I, tune in honour of Tetris. I know. Man, I love that episode. It's actually a really good episode. Um, I, I, this thing is, like, it's one of those ones where I was like, what can you say about Tetris? And we ended up filling a whole episode and I learned a whole fucking bunch. <laughs> so that was the, the, the video game landscape of 1984. Yeah, the computer I had uh, was the BBCB microcomputer, which was uh, an all-in-one... Wait, you had, a, you had a computer in 1984? Uh, well, it wasn't mine personally. I was four, oh, okay. but I had access to yeah, one. Yeah, that's why I was confused. I was like, I know you're like a veteran gamer. <laughs> um, well, no, I did have my own computer around about that age, uh, a little bit older, but uh, the Sinclair ZX81 came to me. Um, as basically my personal computer in my very earliest memories. You know, I cannot remember a time prior to having access to that machine. Um, huh. And the BBCB followed. The BBCB was an upgrade in many ways. Largely, it had a disk drive rather than a cassette deck, uh, which was a vast improvement. And the BBCB also ran Elite, which we've talked about the you know, top down maze game. You've got your two dimensional platformer, you've got Excite Bike and Tetris. The sort of classics of the era, the classic genres and tropes of the, of the time. Yes, and, and some sense of the sort of technical scale of video games at the time. Yeah. Elite was a six degrees of movement, so that's fully 360 degree on every axis, uh, 3D rendered, although only in wireframe, uh, space game with Newtonian physics concentrating on exploration, trading, and combat throughout eight galaxies, each comprised of, safe to say, dozens, if not hundreds, of uh, solar systems with habitable planets around them, each of which had their own political systems, trade demands, individual economies, uh, set against the backdrop of uh, an intergalactic war, It was a sandbox game long before the concept existed. It was a 3D space game pretty much before that concept existed. The scale of this game is is difficult to contemplate when you realize it fit on a floppy disk, a five and a quarter inch floppy disk. The old... Not even even three and a half. Nope. Uh, And I'm trying to remember what the capacity of those disks was. Uh, They were... Oh, let's have a look. Um, small, basically. Uh, they didn't hold much. I believe the whole of Elite can fit in about 20k. Which, you know, is a text wow. file today. You can fart more than that. Hello. <laughs> um, just say, as well, uh, just to warn you, you've sort of gone a bit digital again. Your, ooh, your voice. dear. That's I don't know if it's coming across on the radio or not, but. It probably was. How's hey, that? Hello? Hello? Oh, dear, this has all gone horribly wrong. Oh, God, I've killed him. <laughs> no. Hello? 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 Okay, cool. Whew. Okay, good. God, I thought we killed you. I, I thought you had there for a moment as well. Oh, that's better. But no, I'm back. Cool. We're, we're, we're safe. 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know if it was coming across over to the radio, but I don't, or whether it's just a thing through Skype. But it was just sort of going a bit weird. No, it would have been so. I had to unplug and replug my microphone. Okay, cool. So yes, um, as I was saying, it broke a lot of ground in a tiny, tiny way. And the way it did this was uh, procedural content generation. So it it used maths. It did. It used very Ew. complicated maths. Uh, this is something that's sort of coming back into trend now. Uh, Spore, for example, um, was a, a wonderful experiment to try and be completely procedurally generated. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of sort of games coming up with random content generated on the fly, emergent gameplay. This is all the same concept of using algorithms to generate a lot more than you can save sort of pre-built and the way that elite did it was using um maths as you say very complicated mathematics which for me is like you know any mathematics they basically used a slightly constrained version of the fibonacci sequence <gasps> oh oh hang on hang on um one one two three five eight i forget was i getting that right in any way yeah you were Ah, uh, it's the one where you add the last two numbers together, basically. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Also, I don't mean to alarm you, but if you go to our Skype thingy, yep, just just open up the page. Mm-hmm. I think World One Stage One Bot has killed and eaten Irish. Yes, I've noticed that. Um, we've not heard anything, so I'm sure he'll be back later, folks. Uh, don't be alarmed. Uh, if we all just act natural, I'm sure we'll be okay. I'm sure he's coming back. In the meantime. <laughs> yes, in the meantime. Mathematics. Mathematics. Fibonacci sequence. Fibonacci sequence, yes. Uh, it also used um, a Pisano sequence, which uh, is another mathematical sequence, basically. Uh, okay. And then combined the two in various ways to give you uh, interesting random number sequences. Uh, it could have given you up to 32,768 planets per galaxy. Uh, and at one point in its development, Elite did have something like 50 galaxies of a thousand stars each and uh, still so, ran. So when you say it changed gaming in a very small way, <laughs> yes, that's a lot of planets. And they actually I went use... with eight galaxies of 256 planets each. That's all. So a mere uh, couple of thousand. Uh, oh, of course. Just, uh, oh my God. <laughs> And you know what? This is all stuff I've never seen. It's stuff a lot you know, of people have never seen. But I've played the game, and I've never seen this because I keep getting blowed up. Well, maybe you shouldn't upset the police. I can't help it. I go and shoot. Those are what. That's what I know. <laughs> this is a is not well. It is a shooter, actually. Uh, <laughs> ultimately, the goal of the game is to become elite, uh, and. Yep. That is your um, threat rating, which we'll get to later, but the only way to improve it is to kill people. So, oh, okay. I guess technically so, it is a shooter. I'm pl So what you're saying is I played it right. No. Oh. Because you have to get good enough to start playing it as a shooter. And the way you do that is trade and profit. Ah, so you'd be a nice guy and then you bring out the guns. Not necessarily a nice guy. There are a lot of things oh. you can trade, and they're not all legal. Ah! Uh, you can indeed be a slave runner, you can be a drug runner. 
you could play it as as space Scarface. Yep, you absolutely Scarface. can. Scarface. But um, basically, where I was at was that each of these planets um, has a name, a political system, uh, and an economy that is generated out of these random number generators. There are a few constraints set up here. Uh, they sort of fine-tuned the random number generator so that it wouldn't generate any obscene named planets, for example. <laughs> Which, you know, when you're looking like, you, at you know, a couple of thousand planets, that's kind of crucial to do. <laughs> yeah, so when you, you, know, you don't come across, you don't accidentally uh, sort of zip through the solar system and find Uranus. Well, Uranus is fine. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it worked! I can't believe that worked! Yes, it worked. Oh, damn it. But yes, uh, you wouldn't, for example, find Fuckworld. Welcome back, Jack. Really? Thank you. I don't <laughs> think I want to live in this universe. If, if <laughs> Fuckworld isn't out there, I don't think it's worth exploring space. Well, maybe it is. You'll just have to keep looking. There's a lot of things that might be out I'll, there. I'll just have to go out and found uh, Fuckworld. But again, I'm going slightly off topic. There. You are a little bit. Sorry. Yes. Carry on. Are you okay, Jack? Yeah, my uh, connection's acting up a bit. We noticed. We we were worried that the bot had killed and eaten you. No, we weren't. No, we weren't. Don't don't mention horrible things that the bot could never do because it loves us and we love it. <laughs> don't make it angry. Yes, in your uh, absence, I was just explaining the. Uh, the complicated mathematical process by which Elite's generated its 250-something planets in each of the eight galaxies, uh, each of which has name, political system, uh, and there's other little details about them as well, what type of star they orbit, and it's and all generated procedurally, allowing them to fit entire galaxies in a tiny amount of data. And this was out when? 1984. Jesus! <laughs> yeah, they were doing oh this before I was God. born. Thousands was, of worlds before I was born. Yeah, only only one host was alive at this point. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was too young. I to was very appreciated when it came out, but appreciated you did uh, in later years. Yes. Yeah. So this is the 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 setting of Elite is. Eight galaxies. You're gonna uh, unplug, unplug, and replug again. Oh, really? Again? Yeah. Hello. No, Hello. that's not fixed. It. No. Oh no, that's better. Okay, good. So yes, this is your setting oh. for Elite. Eight galaxies, thousands of worlds, and you are in a small Cobra Mark III spaceship. Not even a, a docking computer to your name and you need one of those quite quickly. And it is up to you to make your way in the universe. There is a... Which kind of makes you know the whole like uh, the Morrowind thing of being dumped on an island somewhere and told, go and get a job. It kind of makes that seem a little bit, you know, small beans really, doesn't it? It's more or less the same starting point, to be honest. Well, I don't know. An island versus eight galaxies. True. The scale is a little different. Yeah. <laughs> but this is all set on the... Uh, uh, there, There is a backstory. It's much like many video games of the time. The backstory is largely uh, in the manual rather than the game. 
Ah, so what you're saying is that Colonel Katafi is is planning <laughs> to blow up. Hang on, no, no, wait, that's that's that other one. No, this is the one in which there was an alien race called the Thargoids, uh, and there's been an enormous war with the Thargoids. Oh shit! Uh, it laid waste to most of civilization. In fact, this was uh, hundreds of years ago. Okay, uh, but the battle largely repelled them into. Uh, intergalactic space, uh, managed to remove them from uh, sort of human space, and humans have started to rebuild, but has have become slightly fractious in the uh, okay. interim. Uh, this is why there's now the Federation, the Empire, there's also Interpol, interplanetary policing in this case. Uh, there's also the Navy, and now their own uh, group, and this is why there are so many different groups with which you can have standing in the game. And why you want to be everyone's friend. Which is tough to do. Yeah. Especially if you want to start trading in slaves or narcotics. Uh, that can be very hard to... Uh, or narcotic slaves. Or narcotic slaves. It's very hard to stay on the good side of Interpol when you're doing that. And I would be in real trouble because I always get mixed up between the word narcotic and the word narcoleptic. <laughs> you don't get as much you do not you never will make enough trade if you try and only trade in narcoleptics that's a niche you can get a lot of money yeah. for a niche product <laughs> i'm sure there's a planet out there that has a randomly generated need for you know people with sleep problems only if it's slaves because that's the only kind of people you can trade ah you can't, like, you know, take, uh, in, you know, migrant workers to a better, a, a better tomorrow. Not generally. Okay. Uh, although I might come back to that later. Oh, okay. If I remember. Uh, but basically, yeah, this, the, the, the setup of the game now becomes a trading simulator. And there are certain reasons why I'm fond of Eve Online today. Yeah. Aspects of it are quite familiar. This is what I hear from a lot of people, is that EVE Online is is like a spiritual successor to Elite. Yeah. You start yeah. off in a small ship as an insignificant runt in, of the universe, basically. Yeah. Um, in a space station, probably surrounded by um, security ships. This is how Elite starts. And you've got a small cargo hold and a puny gun. So there Do are, not use the puny gun. Well, not on the space station and not on the police anyway. Yeah. <laughs> there are a couple of ways you can go from here. You can go out looking for opportunities to use the puny gun. If you can find people who are punier than you. Some pirates yeah. are in weaker ships. You can kill them. And that will, you know, get you on the side of law and order. They'll be pleased that you're fighting pirates and earning bounties. Or you can shoot trade ships and steal their cargo. And become a pirate yourself. I do like pirates. They're often punier than you as well, being trade ships. Yeah. Or you can just try and trade your way to success. So what you're saying is, it's really dangerous out there for a trade ship, but you can go and become a trade ship. Ah, you could become an armoured trade ship. So, ah. Because you can upgrade all your ships in various different ways. The, the essential thing to buy, first of all, is a docking computer. Because space yeah. stations in this game spin. They're using spin to generate gravity which is a perfectly scientifically sound way of doing it. Yeah. Fortunately, that means the docking bay that you need to line up with is also spinning. And trying to do that shit manually is probably a really bad idea, right? It's quite possible. Uh, you just have to be patient. You fly out away from the station, 
trying to center it behind you. Then you do an end friend turn, uh, decelerate and reaccelerate towards it whilst matching spin, and hope that you get it right by the time you reach the station. Uh, note the use of the word hope in those instructions. Yes, a lot of pilots first time will fail in this endeavor and crash. Ah. It's one of the first big challenges of the game, is actually just being able to dock. Because this is a Newtonian system, where any acceleration you make tends to continue until countered. So if you start to spin in one direction, you then have to, of course, fire the engines in the other direction for an equal amount of time to decelerate, uh, and or maintain the spin, even. So there ain't no air resistance. No. So it's very easy to sort of overcook it a little and find yourself in an uncontrollable ship. Huh. Smashing into the side of a space station. Docking computers make this a lot easier. Because they just do all that shit for you. They do. And they do it to the tune of the Blue Danube. No way! Yep. As a little homage to Space 2001. uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, even. Um, Now see. Uh... Later versions of Elite, not the original, because it didn't have music, really, uh, yeah. would play the Blue Danube as you docked. That's fantastic. And and now that I have, as of uh, last Saturday, finally seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. Which is a very, very good film with a weird ending. Yes, yes it is. Um, I was mostly confused because of the fact that it was like a two and a half hour long film with like three lines of dialogue. <laughs> yep. It's not there fast are a lot paced, let's, let's put it that way. There, there are several, there are several blocks of that film which are just five minutes, five minutes of a black screen and scary noises. <laughs> Basically, yes. If you've read the novel, yeah. you know what's going on, but they, they do nothing, nothing at all to actually exposit what they're adapting from the novel when they go into yeah. the whole psycho trip. Weird, wibbly colours. I'm, you know what? If they, if, if there were the new elite out today, there would be some kind of monolith out there as a, uh, as an Easter egg, wouldn't there? There might be in the original. We, we wouldn't know. Really? There's too much space. And that's genuinely a part of this game. Uh, is that there are a lot of things we don't know. Hmm. See, and you know what? That, that's terrifying that there is a game that millions of people have played that has been around for longer than I have been around. And there's, potentially stuff that people don't have never seen in there, you know? Yep. There's bits of the code that are deliberately obfuscated, and neither of the creators, David Braben or Ian Bell, uh, have ever confirmed or denied many of the, the rumors and myths and legends that grew up around this game. They have said they deliberately put things in. There are There is stuff in there that isn't randomly generated. And a lot of it is hard to find. And they wrote a lot of things into the sort of the storyline, the background information in the manual and such, yeah. to hint at the presence of things like um, the idea that between planets, where you'd never go because you're in hyperspace, so unless you deliberately aborted a, a hyperspace jump, you'd never end up in interstellar space. But between stars, there might be sub-light speed cryogenic colony ships. Tooling around in space. Just tooling around in space. Or the dredgers. Legendary huge ships that, again, just troll around, um, uh, troll around space doing their thing. There are stars that aren't mapped, apparently. There are black holes, wormholes. Ghost stars. Uh, rock hermits. Huh. Um, 
which uh, in asteroid fields, you look for the asteroids that aren't tumbling. You look for the ones that have been stabilized. And that's where you might find a little pirate cove or a little a tiny little colony of rock hermits. Wow. There's lost and then you the ships, um, the And dark wheels, whatever they are. You know, we, we, um, oh, sorry, the dark wheel, whoever they are, um, who are kicking around. We don't know where you'd find them, but they're a sort of a dark council of bounty hunters come treasure hunters. Huh. There's supposedly, um, gateway, gateways to other uh, galaxies that aren't listed. That's just not true. But there's, it's such a big game with so much space, so much, um, room. And coders with such a cranky sense of humor. Yeah. That you never know what is or isn't there. And what is the thing about space, Jack? I was just saying, the thing about space is there's a lot of it. It's true. There's a lot of room room for things to hide in it. I thought you were going to start with the uh, the opening to Hitchhiker's Guide there. I forget, what's the opening opening to Hitchhiker's Guide? You know the thing that, about space that, that it's it's big, it's really big. You might think it, it's sorry, Hitchhiker's Guide entry on space. Oh, I see. Okay. You might think it's a long way down to the corner shop, but compared to space, that's nothing. That whole thing. Yeah. Space is pretty big. Yep. Uh, there's even rumors of um, Thargoid fleets in fights with Imperial ships in intergalactic space. So in the space between galaxies. Yep. And you could go and join in. That's the legend, the rumor. Oh, I like legends, and it's it's kind of tragic. But unfortunately, Brabham and Bell, because um, they were when they wrote it, great friends. They met at university. I think they were roommates. They worked together. Sort of divided yeah. the responsibilities. One guy worked on the economy, whilst the other guy worked on um, the system to generate the planetary names. And yeah, and between them, they seem to have talked each other into putting a lot of fun stuff in there. But they have badly fallen out in the years since. Ah, uh, including uh, Braddon trying to sue Bell several times. Unfortunately, any any particular reason, or is it sort of several different things? Um, yeah, comments about defamation, and it, it all just gets ugly and personal. Yeah, so probably best. So it, it, it sort of it, it sort of blows the whole uh, the id thing out of the water. Mm. Oh, in a big way. Yeah, these guys. They're not going to be um, reuniting. Uh, they're not ah. going to be um, making peace, I don't think. Fair enough. But yes, the ultimate aim of the game, really, was to become elite, hence the name. Yeah. Because in this setting, all pilots have a sort of a threat rating maintained by um, one of the organizations. I think it might be Interpol, uh, which ranks pilots on their sort of their dogfighting ability, starting at harmless. Mostly harmless. Mostly harmless is the next ranking, yes. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Then poor, average, above average, competent, dangerous, deadly, and elite. Unfortunately, this is just a kill counter. Ah. So it is just a grind. There's not But I'm okay with that, because, you know, killing. Well, yeah, I suppose. If if that's your thing... (laughs) And we all know it is. Then you would probably be wanting to uh, make money to upgrade your ship, upgrade your engines, your shields, your weapon systems. Yeah. Rather than buying big tubby ships that can carry a lot of cargo, which tended to be my thing because I like getting really Unless rich. Unless that cargo is 
Unless that cargo is bombs. <laughs> so, this is one of the first sort of open sandbox games. Yeah. And you can go anywhere, trade anything, fight anything. But as for actual sort of um, plot or scripted missions, there are a few. Ooh. And this is really interesting because I don't know much about the stories because they're secret. It was a really interesting concept was they were designed to kick in round about where Brabham and Bell thought players might become bored with just the free reign ability to go out and trade, go out and fight, whatever. So they all have a sort of set of circumstances. Uh, how long you've been playing, what your kill count is, how much money you've made. And some of them have requirements, like for a certain mission, you might need a cloaking device. Uh, but if you meet all the requirements, there's a chance that when you land at a planet, it'll trigger. And you'll find yourself in a, a sudden bit of storyline. Huh. For example, one planet, one I remember quite well is uh, you come out of hyperspace... And your ship is immediately damaged, forcing you to dock at the nearby space station. And you find yeah. out the reason your ship was damaged is because the sun is on the verge of going nova. So you That's have That's not great. No, it's not. Uh, so they will quite happily repair your ship for free, as long as you agree to dump whatever cargo you're carrying and take on as many refugees as possible. And you've got to make that choice of whether you want to get rid of all the stuff that you would have sold. Yep, you can pay for the repair and fuck off if you're not feeling altruistic. Or you can go, yep, yeah. sure, dump my cargo, take on the refugees, let's go. Which is a great way to build standing. Or you can then go on and sell those refugees. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if they ever were a trade commodity. Whether they would Aww. count as slaves at the next port of call. That would be interesting. I'm just I think, you know, know, always the way I can turn this to my chaotic neutral way. <laughs> But the funny thing about these missions was, and this is one of my favorite things about Elite, they're different from version to version. Right. And there's a lot of versions of Elite. It was ported to everything. And often not by the original creators. Yeah. And the reason they're different is that the original creators, I think it was more Ian Bell than David Brabham in this case, uh, would say to them, look, yeah, sure, okay, here's the source code, you can port it, that's fine. But I'll tell you what, Change the secret missions. Do your own thing. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. And he said, you know, this is the bit where you get to put your mark on the game. Because Elite is basically, it's a trading simulator and combat simulator. Yeah. That's the game. The The missions are decoration and Easter Everything eggs. Everything else is just icing. fun. And he said, so do your own thing. Make them yours. So that your version of Elite is your version of Elite. Also, it means that players will get the surprise of their life when they see missions they've never seen before. Yeah, I mean, every, every version you play is going to have sort of, um, in, in that same way that you now get, what's, what's called, um, console-specific uh, content. Yeah, exactly. So wow. playing it on this the is... BBC and the Spectrum were completely different because the missions so varied. It's sort of forerunner to that sort of thing. I, I, That's really cool. And so a lot of them do have some crossover where, you know, the guys doing the port were like, well, I really like that mission, so I'm going to leave it in. But yeah. then they have some that are really, you know, very much their own. Like there's um, one of the population types did come up as basically a feline race. So there is basically a furry mission. Oh. <laughs> to save 
interesting, which I think was very much someone putting their own bit of, guess which bit of the game I like into the mission. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it could be worse. You know, you could just be tootling through space and find uh, the Nostromo. Oh, that would be bad. Yeah, that would be very, that would be super bad. Yeah, that really does kind of sum it up. The thing is, as much, as huge as it was, as much as it changed, and as important as it was, there's not a lot mechanically to describe about it beyond that. Yeah. Uh, so it was this technological masterpiece, really. And I could get into sort of really nitty gritty specifics. Like on the BBCB, there were two graphics modes that the computer could be in. Yeah. One put sort of text characters up and you could use, um, sort of your own font to do very primitive tile based graphics using that. And the other mode was a line drawing mode. So it was optimized for doing point to point. Uh, and Elite did this trick where the top two thirds of the screen were in line mode and the bottom third were in text mode so that you had a sort of dash, a head up display at the bottom of the screen and a, a view in the top. So you could just sort of see all your, your uh, various important bits of information and whatnot. Exactly. Uh, and it was unique on the BBC in this, in that the way it did it was it was switching graphics modes regularly as quickly as the screen was refreshing at the same point every time. So it was just a new screen coming up every time? Yeah, so it was switching back and forth between two different drawing modes each cycle of the screen which was unheard of. No one had ever had the idea before. I mean, yeah, 1980... Bloody hell. Everything about this game just makes me go, okay, so they did this, and then, you know, this sort of master race of weird, psychic, telepathic games developers (laughs) then went back to their their time machine and went back to the year 4000. It's, It's truly incredible what they pulled off with the technology available at the time. And... I guess what we could go on to say from this is it did have a couple of sequels. Yeah, uh, are, are we up to it? What I don't know if they're all numbered, but I, I do remember like Elite Four. Is that what the most recent one is? Elite Four is widely rumored. Um, oh, 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 right, okay. That's and there is a Kickstarter to bring Elite back uh, by David Bradley, okay. who has he is the only one of the two who has continued the franchise. Uh, Ian Bell kind of left it alone. Yeah, Although, I've been looking at that, actually, looking at the different websites and thinking, mm-hmm. well, I don't know if you've seen their, their websites. Yes. Um, I, I'm sure Ian Bell's a lovely guy, <laughs> but oh my god, that website. I like Ian Bell's website because it's like GeoCities. There's no question who made it. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is a, a homemade website. In, in every inch of it. <laughs> and, uh, Dave Bram, has a very different uh, approach as he's the one still trying to make Elite, trying to bring it back with um, the Kickstarter. But they did both work together on Frontier, which was the second Elite. And it's worth mentioning the second one if only to say they they weren't quite done with their programming tricks just yet. Okay. Frontier does one thing incredibly well. In Frontier, you could do something you could never do in the original Elite. You could land on the planets. And you could land on planet Fuckworld? No. Oh. Um, 
So you could literally like have away missions. Not away missions. Uh, you you were you were landing at spaceports. Basically, it was no different mechanically to landing at a space station. Yeah, but as you landed, you would see a very primitive vector drawing of a city, and what makes this quite. It's hard to put into words, but you would seamlessly go from orbit, where you would see the shapes of continents, and as you were landing, you would see a cloud layer with individual clouds. You would see topography start to form with mountains and such. Then you would see um, a city with roads and rivers and buildings, and they were mapped on the surface of a sphere. In real time. So, so not only did they sort of like just say, well, you know, we've made everyone look just completely like our bitch by making an entire fucking several galaxies of planets. Let's show them what's on these planets. Yeah. And God damn it. The maths of projecting uh, uh, go to some planets. They don't have atmospheres. So they have geodesic domes over the cities. So mapping a geodesic dome over a city onto the surface of a sphere that smoothly loads in as you approach it from orbit uh, in... What year was that? When was it? And also, just pointing out... That, uh, 1993. That yes. But also pointing out that you may not ever even see that. No. I mean, there's, you've there's got no, no reason to land on the planet. It, it, it doesn't yeah. force you to in any way. In fact, you will there's, probably there's never no guarantee. visit all of the planets. Yeah, there's no guarantee that the player is even going to go near said planet. And yet, there it is, all made up. See, now I really want to like get uh, Frontier and visit every planet, just so I can like go. It's okay. It's okay. Someone's doing it. Someone's someone's playing it. <laughs> someone's seeing the work you've done. Uh, the physics was so good that you could actually slingshot round a gravitational mass to gain speed. And go back in time? No. Oh. But speaking of time, you could fly really low over cities and look at their clock towers. What? And watch the time move in real time. Okay, that on that one I'm going to guess you're actually shitting me, right? I am honestly not shitting you. Because each planet's orbital rotation is is mapped and modelled, so the physics engine knows what division of time would be used on that planet. So when they generate a clock face algorithmically, they can actually generate clock hands on it uh, and show the time in real time. I, I, I don't even, I don't even know how to deal with that sort of information. Um, I've just linked to a screenshot of a church with a clock tower. I and as you can see, the local time shown on the dash is twelve o two, and the local time showed on the clock is just past twelve. I I uh, I, uh, uh, I I I'm actually freaking out over looking at that. <laughs> I mean, first off, amazing. Second off, how and. Third and finally, and most importantly, why? <laughs> and if you say because they could, if you give me any kind of climbing Mount Everest bullshit, what the hell was that? You okay there, Irish? I think Irish has fallen asleep. 
he has been very busy lately. I was about to say, I was about to suggest that he stops like breathing into the microphone. And I just realised he's fallen asleep. Oh my god! Jenna, if you're listening, can you confirm or deny that Jack has fallen asleep? Because, uh, but be very, very quiet when you do it. Because this is adorable. Oh my god! <laughs> well, elite isn't to everyone's taste, clearly. <laughs> to be, right. To be to be fair, though, he's getting married in what a month? Less than a month. He is. Yeah, he's got a lot so, on his plate at the moment. He's got a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just. <laughs> I'm I'm mostly sort of silent from from finding out about fucking clock faces. So, Honey Bear, yeah. Jack, <laughs> you're snoring on the podcast. Hmm? You're snoring on the podcast. Oh, Jenna, we told you not to wake him up because that was adorable. <laughs> that, was, that was quite honestly the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Hello, Irish. Hey, buddy. Oh. <laughs> you okay there, man? Yeah, it's yeah. alright, man. Don't worry about it. Fucking <laughs> work, man. Don't wake the male when he's in sleep mode. He will maul us all with his fearsome gonad. <laughs> <laughs> Diajacks uh, like uh, to attack with their natural weaponry. Yeah, it's true. I have wicked sick jack law. <laughs> Run. <laughs> that was a well, that was a nice little sort of um <sighs> Nice. I, I I can't think of the right word. I want to say altercation, but it's that's definitely not the right word. Tangent. Oh. That was... Well, fuck it, that was embarrassing. We, ha- we have explained to the listeners nope. that you are getting married soon and have a lot on your mind and plate, so totally understandable. <sighs> oh, it was also quite adorable. Don't worry about it. Yeah. This well, whole I apologise like, everyone. No, 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 it's okay, it's okay don't worry. Like, literally, I've been hearing like this heavy breathing coming from you, and I just thought like you were like standing a bit too close to your microphone. So I was, I was literally just about to say, Irish, you want to sort of maybe like you know lie back a little bit, or maybe like sort of take a, a step back from the microphone. And then I just heard this sort of <laughs> from, your, from your microphone. I was like, I was just like, wait, 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 hang on a minute. And there was just this moment as we waited to see if there was going to be any follow up. I did just say, wait, Mike, uh, I said, wait, Jack, are you alright? And then there was this silence, but are you, are you asleep? And just silence, but oh my god. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, shit. Uh, this is, you know what? Already, episode 50 is going to go down in history. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, fuck. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm going to end up listening to this episode so many times. <laughs> I think Jack should listen to it so he works yeah, out. Just, just, for that mo- just for that moment of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to listen to it and be like, what? On the, on the plus side, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> on the plus side, though, were you, having, were you having a good dream about clock faces? <laughs>
Oh, God. I didn't realise I'd fallen asleep. Well, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, most people generally don't. Actually, no, I, I'm pretty good when it comes to that sort of stuff, but no, yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, no, apparently, hello, Jen. Mm. I was like, what, sorry, why that, is, that, that is just adorable. I, I'm very <laughs> pleased. <laughs> that is a landmark moment. <laughs> Actually, is it, is it the first time someone's fallen asleep hosting World One Stage One? Is it? I'm wondering. I think Troy may have slipped into unconsciousness at least once. I yeah, but that was with you know chemical aid. That's true. I'm, I'm kind of sad that we don't do the the episodes like together in the same room because then we could have like drawn shit on him. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we totally would have as well. Oh yeah. I mean. <laughs> Part of me wishes we like totally I don't know, verbally drawn to like just sort of said things like whilst he was asleep, you know. If you're a dumbass, don't say anything. That sort of stuff. <laughs> so welcome back. Yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. To be honest, the the whole conversation about elite had it was reaching a fairly natural conclusion. Although there was yeah. one last thing I, I did want to add, and that is an Easter mm-hmm. egg that was added um, to many versions. And we do love Easter eggs. Here at World 1 Stage 1. It was often a random mission to transport a creature known as a a Trumbull. See where this is going already. Ah, What what, what do you think is coming then, Irish? I don't know, some sort of small furry creature. That's, yeah, it's it's small, it's furry, definitely true. Mm -hmm. Spiders. No, 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 not not spiders. More spiders. Sort of, it's its only real properties are small, furry, and as near as I can tell, born pregnant, which seems to be a time saver. <laughs> they are the triplets no. of the elite world. Wow. No. Which will quite happily consume the rest of your cargo, and breathe. Unless you jettison them breed. into space. Actually, the way to deal with them. Is to sunskim. Oh man! Fly very, very close to the sun, so your unshielded cargo bay superheats. Wow! <laughs> even by, even by my like space piratey, save a space station and then sell the refugees for food. Even by my standards, that seems ridiculously harsh. <laughs> Jeez. You will occasionally find, um, as a random encounter, just jettisoned cargo containers of trumbles drifting in space from people who just wanted to get rid of them as well. Like NPCs <laughs> wanted to get rid of them. Wow. <laughs> Although there is a speculation that it is not, in Gosh, fact, um, elite. abandoned trumbles, but rather um, schemingly placed trumbles by the genetic uh, genetic engineering firm Genfun who created them. Or as like a um, booby trap. Yeah, sort of viral marketing. Let's get them into the market. Look! There, there's a totally... Yeah, it's just a floating crate. Oh, what is inside it? Exactly. You just leave a, a crate in a well-travelled um, commercial space lane and wait for some opportunistic trader to come along and go, ooh, free loot. What is it? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what have I done? 
Traders of organic goods should note that GenFund take no responsibility for loss of profit in the unlikely event that pets gain access to the cargo hold. Nice. <laughs> are they, are they yeah. literally born pregnant? Like the tribbles? Um, I, I don't know. That's never actually specified, to be honest. Ah, okay. But they are clearly tribbles, so I'm going to say yes. Uh, graphically, they are tribbles with eyes, which makes them much more terrifying. Yeah, that would make so them they're, less cute, more monstrous. Wait, so they're, so they're, they're um, critters? No, well, so actually, no, they do teeth. have mouths. But yes, critters without teeth. <laughs> Aww. But also, it's a trumble. Ah, kill it with fire! <laughs> oh, a, God. That's that not, is that's cute. Fur, right? That's not cute at all! Yep, kill it with fire. That's, that's sun scorching. Wow. That's a, that's a fucking, like, a beholder that's just had, like, Wearing a wig. <laughs> it looks like someone's punched it in the eye. It's a bit I don't know. It's, I, that, it, it looks like something, and I don't know what it is, but it's really troubling me. <laughs> it's like if you have a melted gizmo from Gremlins. <laughs> if you if you passed grip, if you you know what it looks like. You've seen Fargo, right? Yes. You know Steve Buscemi got fed into, yes. into the. the, the <laughs> the, the, the That's what came out the other end. Wow. I keep looking at it and just, just, just going, hey, sup? <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> what you doing around here? So yeah, <laughs> if you wanted to get a sense of Elite today, I would argue that one of your best bets would be to jump into EVE Online. Because EVE yep. has that same sense of huge scale, although... Funnily enough, Eve can't handle the number of galaxies and stars that um, Elite did. Uh, it has that same sense of starting as a small fish in a very large pond and having absolute freedom in how you want to go about making your mark on the universe. Although, and you'll be very hard-pressed to make a mark on the universe straight away. That's very true. It's going to be a long time coming. But that was true in Elite as well. <laughs> uh, and it's um, MMO, so you'll be doing it with thousands of other people, uh, which is kind of fun. I, I will often go and just mine in EVE because it's a fun, relaxing game with a beautiful, beautiful space vista. But there is an alternative. You could go and back, uh, back the Kickstarter project Elite Dangerous. Which, you know, that's the wrong way around. It should be Dangerous and then Elite. But this is David Bram's latest attempt to revive the franchise. The video looks very impressive. Uh, the graphics look very nice. Uh, I love the the sort of modern interpretation of the classic Cobra Mark III because it's got the same lines as the incredibly primitive wireframe model that started Elite off all those years ago. But now it looks like it's a ship that's been designed with very minimalist styling, and it's just beautiful. If they can pull this off, it will be... Kind of in the same way uh, Destiny is going to try, in the same way that a lot of games are trying at the moment, that sense of it's not quite a single-player game, it's not quite a multiplayer game. You're all in a shared universe, you're playing your own game, but you'll run across each other and have these multiplayer encounters. Mm. And I, I kind of like where this is heading. So That does sound like a, a perfect universe for a game to me. Really does. So I'm quite optimistic about where Elite Dangerous could go, because the Kickstarter, uh, well, uh, what numbers has it actually got? Um, of the 
one and a quarter million pounds that they tried to see uh, tried to get, which you know that's it's a hefty goal. That is a pretty big ass goal. They managed to get one and a half million. So oh, cool. Okay, about a quarter of a million more than they were looking for. So they're funded. And they did reach the stretch goal, which means there's going to be a Mac version as well. Hey, so you're happy. I am, yes. So you strange Mac users and your overpositors. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just delighted. Let's open this up. Then. happening in the Elite Universe. So it's one of those things where it's like, we're talking about an old classic game, and it's coming back. But it's also, it's just available. Um, the original Elite, it's everywhere. Yeah, you can get it in a you Java can. emulation and run it in a browser online. It's not hard. You could play it on your shoes. Unfortunately, the oh, one yes. thing that will be missing in Elite Dangerous uh, is warping time. What's that? Uh, in the original Elite, uh, because it sometimes took a really long time. If, for example, you wanted to fly between planets at sublight speeds, or if you were lining up for a docking maneuver. It could take a long yeah. time, so you could actually speed up time, sort of run it at three times or five times faster than normal. But because Elite Dangerous will be in a shared universe, you won't be able to warp time. Unless they figure out something very, very clever. Uh, they've said they're not going to. Oh, uh, I say, or, or they make it so when you speed time up, it speeds time up for everyone, and that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it'll just mean you start with a docking computer. Yeah, that, that would be better. I'd be okay with that. That'd be better than my idea. My my idea of like shared galactic lunacy. So Elite is out there. It's almost harder to not get your hands on it than get your hands on it. So you should give it a go. Bear with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's a complicated game. You will explode. It's an unapologetically complicated game. You will need to find a copy of the manual somewhere. But if you bear with it, there is such a rich depth of content there that you can lose yourself in it even today so i'd recommend giving it a go as would i hmm. and you know my my experience of playing elite is i got blowed up because i tried to shoot space police <laughs> and they do not take kindly <laughs> to that they do not they take no shit so next week shall we talk about our dream developments i think i think we should we could do like half the episode on that and half on uh, just sort of going over some listener mail we've had in sounds good to me so, uh, yeah, back to sort of like, you know, uh, fan service next, next week. <laughs> I like fan service. <laughs> so do I. And I shall oh, endeavor to it's... keep awake. It's. <laughs> <laughs> Just... I don't <laughs> feel like you have to, because yeah, that, that was, was wonderful. That was wonderful. <laughs> I suddenly I'm feel so like sorry. we're Neon Genesis Evangelion, though, if we're closing the show with saying more fan service next week. Oh yeah! Except like, <laughs> yeah. and then next week, uh, one of us will have to like kill the other. Yeah, and I don't want to know who's going to do it. Put it this way: the first one to fall asleep dies. <gasps> oh shit! <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> so join us next week for fan service and dramatic conclusions. <laughs> yes, a fight to the death. I, I really hope next week we start the episode with like the sound of like pouring rain and some sort of dramatic speech. We always knew it would come down to this. <laughs> you know, no, you know what next week's episode is going to sound start like, like this. <laughs> Just to carry on. <laughs> so until next time, thank you for joining uh, us for our fiftieth episode. 
Yeah, for our for our grand fiftieth episode. Thank you so much for everyone, everyone who's who is listening to this live and who is listening to this downloaded later on. Uh either way, uh thank you so much. Um send in this the mail. Cause next week we'll be like doing a shitload of it. Yep, it's a listener mail driven episode, so we want your mail to read out. Yes, you if yes, if you haven't if you haven't um if you have sent something before and we haven't got round to answering it out, we will do it next week, or we will at least endeavour to do so next week. Uh, we may like get confused or like catch fire, so you know there's always that possibility. And answer us this, dear listener: If you had the money and the means, what game would you make? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I want to, I want to see that, especially with our weird, weird fans. Yeah, <laughs> I think we could get some good answers out of people. Um, Don't let so us yeah, down. I want to. So, uh, yeah, 50 episodes. Thank you very much to the listeners. Uh, elite episode. Thank you very much, Simon. Thank you. Uh, and, and Irish, I'm sorry you couldn't be here tonight. Um, God <laughs> 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 oh, bless yeah. you. Yeah. I can't believe we made it this far. It's considering it's all the, considering all the, you know, ups and downs and tech issues and, Body movements and, and whatnot. Yeah, it's 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 a big deal, really. So it is for us. This is a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyone else couldn't give a shit, but oh well. So yes, thank you again for joining us. And until next time, I have been Commander Simon. I have been asleep. <laughs> yes, we and from asleep to elite, I have been Jack. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.